welcome to part two of our interview with M about her experiences with international adoption. In this segment, we talk a little bit about maternity leave for adoption, what it looks like when your child doesn't look like you, and realizing that there are adopted kids all over the place. It's not that unusual. It's just not that talked about. Hope you enjoy part two with M. I really appreciate the point you bring up about the loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think people talk about that either. No. Um, You're supposed to, once you have a kid, it's supposed to be this perfect little happy unit. And it's like, yeah. If you can connect with others, it's nice. Otherwise, you know, even, you know, a baby's not much company, even if they're wonderful. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. They require a lot. A baby, a baby is a job. It's a it's, job. It's an amazing job, but yeah. it is a job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would never trade it, but at the same time, I think I, I could have done it in a more fulfilling way by having more connections. Mm-hmm. So do you have a group now of people that you um, connect with? I guess I just have more friends, and I have a lot of friends who, you know, I've got a fr- good friend that has two adopted kids, and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just and I have more people just to talk to in general. Mm-hmm. And I actually went back to work early after our son came home. Mm-hmm. I had like a, I guess I had a three month maternity leave or a six month maternity leave. I actually successfully petitioned the law firm I was working at because the leave policy for adoption was shorter than the one for having <gasps> given birth. <laughs> So when I discovered that, I wrote this like long memo to them, and and that they is really <laughs> shitty. It's like, oh, you went to the store and you picked up a kid. So, so why should, why that should you have as much time off? Oh my god! So they actually changed the changed the policy after I sent the That's memo, in. and there I'd been working there for like all of three months when I <laughs> nice. But I was just like, this is ridiculous. But as it turned out, I actually went, I was losing my mind. So I went back to work early, which was really good for me because I just, I needed to get away from this. I needed a little more structure. Mm-hmm. And, and that was good. So, you know, and that, that connection, you know, and then, you know, connection with people at work. So I've, I've so. heard, I'm just wondering about this because I've heard from some people that, you know, it's really hard to get a Caucasian baby in the United States because right. people want a baby that looks like them. Yes. So how do you deal with the fact that your son looks a little bit different than you? Like, do, do people bring that up or they just go, or you just see them like, I don't know, huh? Or, you see yeah. what I mean? How is that? Yeah, how does really that play out? It's really interesting. Actually, when he was younger, I remember hearing, overhearing someone, we were, we were camping in Utah or something. My husband has black, he used to have more black curly hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so does my son, and my daughter has blonde hair, and I have blonde hair thanks to my hairdresser, mm-hmm. and I remember we were um, camping, and I overheard someone saying, isn't genetics amazing? Like, he looks so much like his father, and she looks so much like the mother. Wow, and I was that's like, cool. Wow, that is really weird, like, you can't tell that he's um guatemalan so i it's i think because of his less traditional looking features maybe people don't automatically know what to think Mm -hmm. i worry about it more than 
I, I don't really care what other people think, and I don't. That was never a big deal for me to have a child mm-hmm. that looked like me, um, or that you know was obviously adopted or not. Mm-hmm. But I do worry about the racism in the U.S. and that as white parents, you know, we don't know how to give him the tools he needs to deal with that. That was one of my concerns about domestic adoption as well, was I didn't really want an African-American child because mm-hmm. I felt like I would be incapable of giving them the tools necessary to survive in right. the U.S. Yeah. And, you know, one of the families we knew had two African-American kids who were, you know, beautiful children, but they're just very white. They're not mm-hmm. culturally... Yeah, it's like that our 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 privilege slash I don't know if you call it privilege blindness, but our privilege blindness, you know, you have no idea what the experience of a African American adult is yeah. and how to how to yeah. I don't know. So I I'm really, you know, my sister-in-law is um Puerto Rican. So I was gonna, next time I saw her, I was going to say, "Hey, do you can you talk to him at all about this cuz but I think at the same time, she she grew up in Puerto Rico, where you're surrounded by Puerto Ricans. So she didn't really have a... Mm-hmm. I think she's experienced racism now living in the States. But I don't think as a, as a teenager, she dealt with that. Right. And there is also the male thing, too. Right. So I, you know, yeah. I'm in terror of the, you know, driving and getting pulled over by the cops and all that. And, and uh, just thank God, I... So that that's definitely an aspect of it. I thought we would do more like with Guatemalan heritage camps and all that kind of stuff, but you know, life just feels hard enough to get through as it is without adding things on. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that Carol was saying about guilt, I think. You know, there's so many options of ways of things that you think might help and that we tend to, I mean, I anyway, tend to look at all these options and go, oh, I'm so terrible because I didn't try every single option, right. you know? Everything out there, yeah. Um, but I think as, particularly as his hair gets wilder, which it is, uh-huh. and he wants to have dreadlocks this summer, so I'm like, okay. But, you know, of all the things you're going to fight about, I'm not going to fight about yeah. that. Choose your battles. But I think he's going to, he's going to look more ethnic. Yeah. And then I don't know what that will bring to him in terms of attitudes from people. Mm-hmm. And kind of going down that road, are you? Will you support him going back if he wants to go back and look for his birth mother? Yeah. Or how, I, how do you feel about that, or do you envision that happening? Or well, we're, I definitely envision us going back to Guatemala. You know, some point in the future. You know, his his stability right now in terms of his able ability to process difficult things is is pretty poor so i i think that would right now be challenging for it's him. a little early anyway yeah. right so i you know i was sort of thinking 16 18 i don't know when and and then yeah and then i had always wondered about like sending her his birth mother a letter and letting her know how he was doing and and all that because you know i don't know if it's as immobile as immobile a society as ours is. I, I, she would, might still be in the place. Oh, so you don't know how to reach her, really? Well, we have an address for yeah. her from the Guatemalan adoption paperwork, and she might still be at that address. I don't know. Um, the other thing, I don't want to, like, out her. I'm assuming her parents 
knew yeah. about this. Um, it, it said in the adoption report from Guatemala that her parents knew about this, but I don't know if that's something they say to the authorities or not. You, I mean, there's no way you can know the... And plus, like, culturally, is that a thing? Right. Like, it's hard. There's so many so variables. No I could totally see that. And so I'm wow. like, God, I don't want to... You know, put a stick in it for her, but, and I also don't, you know, want to have a situation where she wants nothing to do with him. That would be traumatic. Right. For yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. yeah, my my birth son has told me the all the stories he had heard about reunions were bad. Yeah. He God. said every single story I've heard has been bad. Wow. And it took every him until story. yeah, and it took him until his late twenties to find me. You know, to and because he was worried. Yeah. He was worried, and rightfully so, because that could be really, really painful. That could be horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, our son struggles enough as it is, I think, with those pervasive sense of unworthiness. You know, I must not have been. And I don't know that that's all from, um, you know, adoption stuff, but, you know, there's that sense of not mm-hmm. being good enough. Yeah. And, and to have your birth mother say, away would oh, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that would be I mean depending on how much you were attached to the idea of your birth mother yeah, yeah. and he he doesn't seem to when he gets really angry he you know he says he wishes he was adopted by different people <laughs> you know I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like did you ever wish you were adopted that like you'd discover this whole other family that would be better than your family and I was like, you know, I never wished I was adopted, but I did wish that I was actually from outer space and that I had been abandoned and that the aliens would come back and take me away. <laughs> because that would explain why I didn't get feel like I fit in anywhere. Uh, That's awesome. So I didn't want to be like a lost princess. I wanted to be from Mars. So you're comparing alien abductions is real for you. Well, I suppose, yeah. Except my in my as in when I was eleven, it was like a really good thing I wanted to be. <laughs> I didn't I didn't envision them as you know little weird, big headed, big eyed things. You know, I read a lot of sci-fi when I was a kid. So oh, so they were more. They were. They more, had more personality. They were and they richer had, like, for you. Interesting worlds to live on and mm-hmm. cool technology and all that. So. But, uh, so, but, but, you know, I always think about that with, with our son when, when he's angry, you know, he goes to this, I could be in a different family and place really quickly, Mm -hmm. whereas our our daughter never goes there. Yeah, well, my teenage daughter goes too. I'm going to move out the minute I turn 18, you know, from that until wherever you decide to go, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. see Yeah, exactly. Um, but he doesn't really, when he was little, he asked why we didn't just, you know, he asked why, you know, his birth mother had put him up for adoption. And we said, that, you know, she came from a really poor place and didn't have enough money to take care of you the way she would have wanted to. And um, then he said, well, why didn't you just give her the money? And I was mm. like, uh, and I thought to myself, well, we you know, the real answer is because we wanted a child. You know, we could have just taken all the money we have spent on the adoption and the raising of a child and given it to someone to 
raise the child themselves, but we wanted a child. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a, an incredibly immature yes. viewpoint, too, because even if you did that, I mean, who right. knows, his birth mother could have just, you know, right. spent it all in a month. Right, yeah, you never know. the same, you never know. Same situation. Yeah, yeah, you never know, and you also just, like, that's kind of, you know, not... Yeah, it sounds really hurtful for you, though, yeah. for him to say, why did you even take me? You should have just... You should have just get, get paid her off. Write a check. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also it just sort of speaks to the sort of privileged world versus... It seemed like she was not... She wasn't like a teenager and you know, mm-hmm. un- incapable of raising a child. She didn't have, The father wasn't willing to... Yeah. provide any financial resources and she couldn't do it with the resources yeah, a, she had. So, I have a friend who adopted a child from Ethiopia and the, you know, the mother has three other kids that are full brother and sister to this child and they wow. just didn't feel like they could take on the economic burden of having another child. Yeah, yeah and, and our, our son's birth mother has two children, at least that we're aware of different father mm-hmm. and that that father had paid for helped pay for them mm-hmm. so you know I don't that's a bomb I don't want to drop yeah your birth father wouldn't give any money so your <laughs> birth mother had to put you up for adoption that's just horrible yeah yeah intense so it must be hard to hold all of that feeling stuff in yeah the intensity the the guilt the <laughs> we did a lot to get you, and you're not and now you're screaming at us. And <laughs> at us. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, I really don't. I, I think you know. When we first brought him home, people would say to us, "Oh, you're you're such good people," and I was just like, "Fuck that! No, we're not. We wanted a child, and you know, we took this child really." You know, we're not, we didn't do it because we wanted to, like, rescue him from some bad fate. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was interesting that people viewed it that way, that we were somehow rescuing him. So I have always kind of resisted that Mm -hmm. sense of, you should should be grateful. I feel that way for both kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You should be grateful. Look at where you live. Look at what you get to do. Look at the vacations you get to take. You know, I feel like... I don't, I don't feel like that's related to adoption. I feel it's related to, you know, they have these incredibly privileged lives because of where we are economically that I don't think they either child fully appreciates. Mm-hmm. And they, they probably won't. And they never making will. Their until own. they're trying to have yeah. their own privileged life and suddenly they go, I can't go where? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I have, I've, I've actually managed to not feel resentful of of ingratitude other than sort of the generalized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your kids are spoiled rotten. <laughs> yeah, it's a parent thing. It's a parent thing. Yeah. I do feel sort of sad in a way. Like, I'm, I'm sad. That, I'm sad that he struggles so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he would have struggled more if he'd been, stayed in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, con- I don't, know that his his struggles are his you know his mental health stuff is related to being adopted necessarily you know i don't like, yeah there's no way to there's know. biochemical bases that may have been there all along and they wouldn't have been addressed 
Yeah, well, they definitely would have been addressed in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, like, vision, you know? He's got really bad vision, and I'm not sure that would have been addressed. It's been stumbling through life, unable to see. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay, Maureen? <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're slumping. She had to do it twice. I know. <laughs> but it's hard. It is, because yeah. it makes you start, you know, most of the days you sort of don't think about the whole trajectory, and then it start, you start thinking about it, and you're like, wow. It's, it was a lot. <laughs> it, it was a lot, and yeah. it is a lot. And so we really, if I may speak for you, we really appreciate you doing this. Thanks. Well, it's, it's, really, it's a cool people. thing. It's, gonna it's a cool people. thing to do. Wow. And I was driving my, the soccer team, and it was in the back seat. It was, and then um, I was coming with me to the game, and then there was two, one girl from Nepal and the other girl from China. And I'm like, wow, there are three adopted kids in this car and one biological. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. And, and I, I really wanted to realize that I mean, our son to realize that this it's is... It's kind of normal. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's all these people we know, and, yeah. and it's, it's not a... Well, the other interesting thing, of course, though, is in Boulder, you know, a lot of the non-white people, non-white kids you see, mm-hmm. are adopted, which is yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, that's a whole Well, that's kind of another tricky thing for him, right? Because he's at a school that has a pretty big Hispanic population, and he's not one of the Hispanic kids, right? Because right. he's not culturally Hispanic. Thanks for listening. We hope you really enjoyed this episode with M. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Honest Talk About Adoption and Abortion. And please join and reach out and stay in touch. If you were moved by this episode, we encourage you to support Planned Parenthood in your region, either by donating to them or volunteering. Also, creating a podcast is a lot of work. If you join as one of our sponsors on Patreon, you'll get early access to content and also some content that was edited out of our podcasts. If you believe that these stories and experiences are helpful for people, please help us make it happen. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.